From investing and operations to sales, marketing, and revenue creation, we highlight real and raw advice from the actual industry leaders shaping the future of hospitality. We hope you enjoy the show, and more than anything, we hope you find value in what you hear today. My name is Joe Gray, and this is the Hotel Collective. Hey everyone, thanks so much for being here and welcome back to the Hotel Collective Podcast. Today I've got a very special guest with me. I've got Rachel Overman. Rachel is the Chief Operating Officer at Insignia Hospitality Group. Rachel is an experienced hospitality executive with a demonstrated history of working in various roles and with multiple brands, skilled in sales operations, associate retention, training, culture, customer satisfaction, and customer retention. Thanks so much for being with us today, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to to get to know you and get to know a little bit more about your story and your history in the hospitality industry. Um, so to get started, we want to learn today a little bit about you as well as a little bit about Insignia Hospitality Group. So you're the chief operating officer. How many hotels do you oversee at Insignia? We have 25 hotels total. Wow. So- wow. That yeah, has got regional to... managers. So each of our regional managers have a handful. We have five okay. regionals. So um, I don't take care of them directly. Got yeah. To... Yeah. That's got to be busy though. I'm sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. We're really excited to kind of learn what the day-to-day looks like for you as the COO. Um, because I haven't had, well, yeah, I haven't had a COO on yet. And so I'm really interested to see what that looks like because I'm I'm more so in the sales side of things. And so I'm interested to see what, as a chief operating officer, obviously you oversee like all of the the regionals and the the general managers, but I'm interested to see kind of what you do with sales as well. I think that that could be interesting to get into. Um, but to start, I actually noticed that you studied biology in college. How did you get involved in the hospitality industry? Well, it actually found me. Uh, My first job out of college, the reason I did biology is I was planning on being a pharmacist. Really? Uh, I had been in the pharmacy world all through high school and college. I was a certified pharmacy tech and thought that's what I wanted to do. What got you into pharmacy? Um, That was just my first job in high school. At 16 years old, I went and applied to pharmacy and I delivered drugs in the afternoon after the pharmacy (laughs) closed to homebound and nursing and patients and fell in love with it, I thought. Yeah. Um, and I was in love with the idea that you can make some pretty good money right out of college. A hundred percent. But then I decided standing in one spot and just counting pills and talking to doctors and um, all of that was not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So after doing the prereqs for that, I changed and didn't want to start all over. So I went ahead and just so many of my classes were biology and chemistry. So I just finished that route. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so then you fell into the hospitality industry afterwards. I did. Tell us a little bit about that. My first job out of college, I was a district manager trainee for a uh, convenience store chain. Okay. And one of our vendors who I had known for a year or so came in to one of my locations and said, Rachel, don't be offended by this, but you just don't look like you fit in this industry. Hmm. <laughs> and it was a bad day. So I told him, <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. and he said, well, my wife works for a hotel company 
and they're building a new hotel and looking for a new general manager. And I really mm. think you would be a great fit. Wow. So he asked, um, he gave me his wife's business card and asked if I would give her a call. And I said, sure. And the next week he was in and I hadn't called his wife. So he asked me about that and he ended up taking my business card and she called me and interviewed me and then forwarded me on to the owners for another couple of interviews. And 17 years later, here I am. Wow. Was that with Insignia? That was with Insignia. I've only worked for Insignia. Wow. That's really cool. That's super unique. That's awesome. Um, That's so interesting. So you never worked like a front desk position. No, I started as a general manager. What was that like jumping in directly as a general manager, having never worked front desk or assistant GM or anything like that? Um, It was good. It was a small choice uh, property. So it was, it was right off of the interstate. So it was busy. You know, we might have 40, 50 walk-ins on a night. Yeah. Um, So it was definitely busy, but it was a fairly easy um, hotel to manage. So it was a good place to start for sure. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Did you, did, was there like a learning curve with the, the like software and stuff like that? Like, cause you have to train the front desk on all the software, all the systems. Was there like a big learning curve there? I wouldn't say so. I would think the biggest opportunity of course was the staffing and especially in the the housekeeping department. Um, Like I said, a very busy hotel, lots of turnover from day to day, turning over 50, 60 rooms every morning because it was a lot of transient. So it was Mm. difficult learning um, how to manage that department, staffing appropriately, especially holidays. Um, Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Staffing is maybe one of the biggest pains that a lot of owners face in today's economy too. Um, do you have any like staffing insights that you could, you could share with the, I'm always looking for tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, you know, we always, it's easier said than done, right? You know, you want to make sure you hire the right person and invest in them from the get go, the appropriate training and tools and resources. Yeah. But then again, I know at the end of the day, when you're desperate and you've got to get every room cleaned every day and you've yeah. got to make sure every phone call is answered that sometimes we're throwing them to the wolves, so to speak. Um, yeah. yeah, That's not the ideal situation. We want to be able to hire right and spend the time with them to make sure they're prepared. Um, yeah. Sometimes the nature of the beast is where everybody's busy and pulled so many different directions. Yeah. I mean, hospitality is just such a, it's such an operating heavy, it, I think I think that's why traditionally in real estate, there's a lot of investors that invest into apartments and then they're they're starting to get more attracted towards the the hotel space. But I don't think they realize like the nature of the beast, like the operational side is is big. It's uh, and I tell people in interviews, it's a beast that never sleeps either. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I I literally because I still I manage sales for a lot of different hotels right now and I am constantly checking my email just to make sure that nothing's I'm I'm not missing anything because um, right. it it is it's just last minute and it's crazy. Well, that's really interesting. So I noticed that you were so that was a comfort in right? Yes. So then you moved on to a Fairfield Inn and Suites. I'm and then you immediately became the VP of Sales and Operations after that. Um, so what was that transition like going from general manager up to VP? Well, while I was a general manager, I, um, had other new general managers that were training 
at my okay. hotel. So I was kind of used as the training hotel for those couple oh. of years. Um, and so they the were like, they were like guinea pigging you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but the, one of the reasons they moved me from Midland at that comfort Inn to the hops Fairfield is it was under construction and they wanted me to have the experience of opening a hotel, which there's mm. no experience like that, you know, getting to build your team yeah. from the ground up. Um, so that experience was amazing. Um, and then yeah. while I was there, like I said, I had several managers that they sent to train under me while I was managing that hotel. Yeah. And we had another hotel in town at the time. So I kind of oversaw that property as well while I was managing Matt Fairfield and then was moved over to the corporate office. Okay. Neat. Well, what was that like with the opening? What, what, what was the experience? Like, what were the stresses added to opening a hotel rather than just coming in and being the general manager of an already operating hotel? Um, working alongside the construction team. So no, the mm. way that we like to do it is we try to have our entire staff hired and on board at least a month before we open. Okay. So everybody, no matter what your position is at that time, is scrubbing grout and yeah. doing commodes a hundred times over and dusting all the debris that settles mm -hmm. for 1700 times before the room is rented. Right. Yeah. So, but you're not just doing that in a building. You're doing that in a building where there's subcontractors that are coming right behind you when you think you've cleaned it for the last time and drilling another hole in the wall and yeah. rock dust everywhere. So. Yeah. So do you think that they feel like more loyalty to it because they were part of that process? Absolutely. I think there's a different level of ownership and pride that they have in that property because they literally sometimes put their blood, sweat and tears into it. It's yeah. their baby. Yeah. hundred To your point, we actually, well, so when we were building, we've only done one new build. We're a smaller group. We've only done one new build. We did it in Utah and I, me and all my brothers, basically we put all the FF and E in. <laughs> so like, it really is like our baby. And then actually our maintenance man was a temp for the construction company that was working on it. And he's still with us today. And it's that's been awesome. like five years. So to your point, there is, that's absolutely true. Yes. That's really interesting. Um, What was it like ramping up revenue, ramping up sales? Because I, I know that there's always a ramp up period. We were so blessed. Um, yeah. When we opened that hotel, um, there was a huge project going on about mm. 15 miles outside of town, um, but we were the closest town big enough to have hotels. And there were people coming over to work on that project from Europe. So they would stay for three months, go home for a couple of weeks, awesome. come back and stay. So it was a Fairfield. It wasn't an extended stay hotel, but yeah. we ran it like an extended stay hotel because these guys were, they were family. They were living with us. So. Yeah. That's so awesome. And that's, there was a wow. bunch of them. So it was a great ramp piece. Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. Do you guys do a lot of new builds at Insignia? We do. Okay. Out of our 25 hotels, we only have four or five that we acquired and all of the other ones we okay. built and we keep them. We, we definitely don't flip. Yeah. Um, we keep them, we renovate them, we relicense them, you know, they're, that's awesome. They're part of the family. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. 
I love that you keep saying they're like part of the family. Like there's like this familial. I think that's cool. That shows that you really care. Um, have you had any experiences with hotels where it was a little bit of a of like more of a difficult ramp up period? Uh, well, we opened three hotels in 2020. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so you have, yeah. We were, you know, deciding: do we open it? Do we just pay mm-hmm. a security guy to stay overnights for a month or two or three until we know what's going on with the economy? I mean, flipping a coin is what we were doing. So we yeah. decided to go ahead and we opened one in July of 2020. And we ended up with a base of nurses because the, you know, all the hospitals were bringing in nurses from all over the place. Mm. Very low rated business. It's not yeah. what we would have wanted in normal ramp time but right. it was a great base you know shrunk that hotel so that we were able to to fill more rooms and focused yeah. on off is all we were at that point <laughs> well good for you guys like actually opening those hotels i know a lot of hotels that even in our markets that shut down during mm-hmm. covid um because mm-hmm. of how difficult that was yeah then we opened a courtyard in november november okay of that year and that one took a little longer Did it. Um, to ramp but it's doing very well now yeah and then we opened a home to the just a couple of weeks after that courtyard and that one is in a market that's very strong so that one's done pretty well from the get-go that's awesome that's awesome are there any like sales strategies that you have noticed that help when going through that ramp up period or maybe a hotel struggling and you guys go and implement like a few different sales strategies? Um, I wouldn't say there's a secret sauce or a secret strategy. I mean, it's literally boots on the ground, you know, yeah. and being very yeah. involved in not only proactive sales, but revenue management, you know, being in mm-hmm. touch with what's going on with your competition, you know, in your market and in your neighborhood and knowing people, you know, people like to do business with people they know, like, and trust and being part of the community and making sure you're very actively involved in what's going on in, in the areas we have um, corporate sales. um, And then we have Smurf sales people in most of our markets and they work very well together that's awesome. Um, to support the hotels and, you know, focusing on those groups, getting that base business. So like I said, it might be a little lower rated than what you want, but when you shrink that hotel by having that base business, especially if it's mm-hmm. extended stay, even at our non-extended stay hotels, if we can get that group of 15, 20, how many of our rooms that stays for a while, then Great base. it's a job so much easier. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We love that base. That's awesome. Well, cool. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about what did you do as a VP of sales and operations? What was your role moving up from GM to VP of sales and operations? Well, initially I was just VP of operations and um, I had no sales experience whatsoever other than, you mm. know, as a general manager of a select service hotel, you're involved in sales, you know, you're involved in everything at yeah. property level. So that was the extent of my sales experience. Um, And then I don't remember how long it was after I moved to the corporate office, our VP of sales retired Hmm. and our president CEO just decided we weren't going to replace her. And that's when I ended up doing both. So I was literally the VP of sales and had never 
stun cells type. Of <laughs> I, I had those people reporting to me that I was learning from every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool that you had that mentality of like that you were learning from them. That's really cool, actually, because I think a lot of people, they look at, oh, I'm supposed to be the VP of sales. You do what I say, but rather like having kind of like a servant lead, like the way you lead is by learning. I like that a lot. That's well, really that's, cool. that's the way it is. I mean, in our industry, I, I tell people all the time, I've been doing this for 17 years, but I learned something from y'all every day. I was inspecting yeah. rooms earlier this afternoon and with the executive housekeeper, um, we took a moment so she could teach me a little bit of Spanish. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you say dust? It's very dusty. Remind me, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I said, see, I need to learn from you. We need to learn yeah. from each other. That's what this is about. Absolutely. I totally agree. That That is, I think that's one of the the keys to, to a good leader right there. We kind of yeah. believe in the inverted pyramid. Yeah. We're, the, we're at the bottom of the totem pole. That's our, cool. Our people that are in the heat of the moment at the yeah. property level, they're the ones that are on top. They're the ones that are making the difference. That's they're the awesome. ones generating the revenue for us at the end of the day. So they're the ones that are at the top and we're at the bottom. I bet they really appreciate that. I bet they really appreciate that. Well, we hope so. We yeah. try very hard to take care of our people, we try to have a good, strong culture. Yeah. Um, we know that there's a lot of jobs out there and there's fewer people than there are jobs. So we need to take care mm -hmm. of the people that we have. And yeah, especially especially in, we need to take care of good yeah, people. Yeah, especially in hospitality right now, it seems to be that hiring is, is a really difficult thing. It so. Is. When it comes to culture, I'm interested, how do you guys establish culture? How do you guys build culture within Insignia? Um, there's a lot of different things that we do. Um, of course, most of it comes back to the general managers at their properties. You mm -hmm. know, I can't have a direct impact. My owners can't have a direct impact on every employee, but... Yeah. We want to make sure that we're taking care of our regionals, we're taking care of our general managers, our salespeople, and that they know they are equipped to take care of their people at the property. So we do employee luncheon every payday at oh, the hotels. Cool. And then every payday. So every so other every, that's every awesome. Other wow. Wednesday, yeah. The they're supposed to be doing an employee luncheon at the hotel and just, you know, get together and Celebrate whoever's got an anniversary that month, whoever's got a birthday, you know, have a birthday cake, yeah, anniversary yeah. celebration, and, you know, shout out to those people, um, birthday card, you know, have everybody sign it and make sure they get their recognition on their month. Um, and so then cool. we, we do years of service programs. We have a catalog that we put together every year, and mm. there's a section for two years of service and then five, 10, 15. And of course, the longer years of service, the better and more expensive the gifts are in the catalog. Yeah, yeah, um, wow. And they get to choose their item for the catalog. And then we mm. purchase those and have them shipped directly to the hotel. But the GM holds on to them until we can get a luncheon scheduled. And we do a luncheon in each market. And mm. Only the people that are celebrating those anniversaries are invited to that luncheon. And that's when they're presented with their years of service certificates and gifts that they've selected. So it takes pretty much the first quarter of the year because they make their selections at the end of the year before. Yeah. And it takes about a quarter for us to get around to every market and do these luncheons and present the gifts. That's awesome though. That that makes me think we need to be doing it. We're, we're, I mean, we've got, I think we've got, we're up to six hotels now. 
And so we're like just getting started. So this is actually really good information for us because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're just, yeah, just at the, at the beginning stage. Yeah, It's a lot of fun. And then for our um, general managers, we do an end of the year meeting every year. And at that same week, we do the banquet where we do award ceremony oh, cool. and give out um, years of service pins. So yeah. for five years of service, it's a sterling silver pin. Oh, cool. For 10 years of service, it's a 14 karat gold pin. Wow. And for 15 years of service, it's platinum. Wow, cool. And for 20 years of service, it's an all expense paid trip for you and whoever you want to take with you. Yeah. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, like I said, the gifts just keep getting better the, yeah. the longer you've been with us. So, uh, this year at the end of the year banquet, banquet, we will actually have eight five year pin recipients, three 10 year. Wow. 15 year. And then we also have a 25 year recipient. So that's amazing. Do yeah. you fly everyone in for this, for these events? Most of our hotels are within driving distance of where our corporate office is. Okay. Okay. So most of them drive in. We have the meeting starting on a Thursday about lunchtime because that's when everybody can make it into town. Yeah. And then the banquet is that. Thursday evening. So the meeting's only about 12 to 3 on Thursday because we let them go so they can go get pretty. Our theme yeah. this year is old Hollywood. So they like to dress oh, cool. up and we have the yeah. red carpet with the stars with past award winners' names on the stars. And yeah. Um, but then we have the banquet that Thursday night and then we start the meeting again Friday and then fly the ones that do have to fly in, fly home Friday afternoon. So wow, that is so cool. What a unique I I have I I guess I'm, I'm, we're just like really getting started, but I think that that's so cool going so above and beyond like that. Um, and trying to treat your people like they're people. This is a people industry, right? We are definitely, I tell people all the time, we rent, we rent hotel rooms, but we're in the people business. So yeah. Yeah. every day they're the worst and the best part of my day. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Most of the time, the best part of the day. Yeah. Yeah. People. Um, I love our guests. We get to build great relationships, especially, you know, those extended stay guests and those repeat guests mm -hmm. that just keep mm -hmm. coming back to us because our, our associates are taking such great care of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you take good care of them. They take good care of your, your guests. So that's what that Bill Marriott says, right? That's right. That's right. I actually, I, I don't know if you knew this. I actually went to the Marriott School of Management at oh. Brigham Young University. So I graduated from the Marriott School of Business. Awesome. Yeah. Not in hospitality though, but kind of fun. Okay kind of we'll a little you. yeah thank you appreciate that <laughs> I'm not one to judge <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it I appreciate it. I need the forgiveness um so I just have like two more questions for you okay the the first one is what does your day-to-day -day look like as the as a C as a COO what does that look like for you um every day is a lot of conference calls yeah. Um, a lot of travel. I try to see every hotel about every six weeks. So by the time I make my rounds to 25 hotels, it's been six weeks and it's time to start over. Um, so that adds a lot to what I do, but yeah. I think that's very important. I don't want to lose awesome. touch with what's going on. Absolutely. At the property and then be making decisions for people that I really don't know what they're doing on the daily. So you travel a lot is what you're saying. I, I do <laughs> uh, a lot of windshield time. Cause like I said, yeah. most of our properties are within a couple hours. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, two hours to get there, spend five or six hours at the hotel or hotels, depending on yeah. how you in the market, and then a couple hours home. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few that I have to fly and be gone for two or three days at a time and, and then come back. But uh, that's a big part of what I do is um, trying to spend the time with the hotels and being there. And then, like I said, tons of conference calls and yeah. emails that never stop. Oh, you know, yeah. Day-to-day communication. And that's key, you know, making sure we have um, open communication dialogue between all of our corporate staff and and the property yeah. uh, management level people. That makes well. sense. So when you when you go visit those hotels, do you visit them with the regionals that are over them? Um Sometimes the regional is able to go with me or be at the property with me that day. Um, sometimes it's just me and the GM. Okay. Today I showed up at the hotel and that regional is out of town and the GM was sick. So I spent time with the GSA and the executive housekeeper and maintenance. Oh, so. cool. I'm sure they appreciate that. That's, that's really neat. I feel like, cause we're kind of at a, at a point still where we all have, like, we're always on property, like as the ownership group, cause mm-hmm. we've got a bunch of brothers and and we've only got six hotels. So we're still always there, but, um, I have one last question for you. Okay. If you could go back and talk to your former self when you were just getting started, what advice would you give yourself? What do they say? Eat the frog first. Eat the frog first. I've never heard that before. So go ahead and do whatever it is that you're dreading. Get it over Mm. with. That's great. Don't procrastinate. Don't just keep adding it to tomorrow's list. Just. Do you have any examples of that? Like any stories? I know it's kind of on the spot, but well, I mean, like confrontational things, you know, no one yeah. wants to have to approach someone that um it's not going to be a pleasant conversation. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's gonna get to you more and more the longer you harbor whatever yeah. it is that you're trying to avoid having that conversation about. Yeah. So, you know crucial conversations need to be had. So mm-hmm. instead of letting it build and build and um, just, just get it over with, get it done. That's, We're all humans. That's great advice. That's that's what I, I feel like, because on this podcast, I talk a lot about sales and marketing, like just on my own episodes. And, and I always, I think I try to emphasize that a lot where it's like, you just have to get in and do the work and stop, stop over learning i think people try to like learn so much that they don't just or they try to prepare so much for a situation that they don't just jump in and the minute you jump in you're going to learn way more and you're not going to be as stressed and and frustrated with what's going on right i was at a a dinner last night for professional women it's called west texas women i think it's what it's called but it's a two-day event that they have here in west texas in the speaker last night, um, before they introduced her, they were talking about one of the topics that was discussed during the daytime. And they were saying, it was saying, stop stinking thinking. I like that. Stop stinking thinking. (laughs) Quit overanalyzing, (laughs) quit, you know, thinking so much about, you know, exactly what you were saying, just quit thinking about it, overanalyzing it and just get it done. 
Well, I think that's great advice. I have a few emails that I have been putting off for a long time. So I'm going to take your advice. I'm going to put the frog first. Is that what you said? Put the frog first? Eat the eat frog the, first. Eat the frog first. I'm going to eat the frog first. That's so true. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> never mind. I, I actually went to Thailand because my brother lived over there for a couple of years and uh, we did eat frog there and it was not so much a pleasant experience. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can testify that that is not what you want to do. Right. But uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rachel. If people want to want to connect with you, learn more about you or Insignia Hospitality is the best place just to, to find you on LinkedIn. At LinkedIn or our website. Our, okay. our website is just insigniamgmt.com. Okay. And um, so there's information about Insignia, all of our different hotels. We try to keep it updated with what's going on and pictures of our folks and, you know, what's going on in our different markets. But um, also the contact email there for, I think it's actually careers at insigniamgmt.com. Come okay. straight to my inbox. So Really awesome. (laughs) Are you sure you wanted to give that up? Are you sure? (laughs) Okay. Well, that's awesome. We'll put some of those links in the show notes as well um, so that people can connect with you. But thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, yeah, just really appreciated your advice and, and your story. I think it was awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me. It was very nice meeting you. Yeah. Very nice meeting you as well. If you've ever wondered if there's an easier way to do hotel sales, there is. Most people teach us to do office visits, do cold calls, drive around other hotels' parking lots late at night, yet we do none of these things and still produce incredible results for our clients. If you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can go to www.saleshop.io and sign up for a free trial today. After you sign up for the free trial, we'll send you to a page with a case study where you can see our process step by step. Thanks, everyone.